Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 58 of The Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, the man who sold his dairy farm because it was an utter failure, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? I guess I'm not good at dairy farming. <laughs> well, it, was, it was an utter failure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also joining us in the studio, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you today, sir? I have no response. <laughs> You own a mini farm. You're supposed to help me out with this. This is things, true. Man. You do have a mini farm. I think it would be easier to raise dairy cows than beef cows because okay. if you get to know the dairy cow, you know, I mean, you make a friend, you name right. the pet, you just keep making milk. <laughs> you get to know the beef cow, now you're eating the cow. Right. You know, I mean, it's not yeah. God made yeah. cows out of steaks, so we'd eat them. That's right. So, you know, I don't think that that would be a good pet to have. So, I, you know, just. Just wanted to add that as a little, <laughs> a little bit here. of uh, insight into dairy farm, <laughs> dairy why. cattle raising versus yeah. beef cattle raising. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a big fan of both. I yeah. like milk and I like beef. And if you're listening and you don't like either of those, Sorry. okay. Yeah, that's right. Jesus' kingdom is big enough for all of us. That's, right. that's all right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, today on get you a milkshake the, the other and a medium cast. rare steak. That's a good meal. Did you think that your pun was going to lead us down? No, there? you know what? Well, you know who you're about. working with. If that's you right. throw these puns out, whatever pops in my head is what will come out of my mouth. All right. Oh, man. And we don't ever know what you're going to say. This is true. Yeah, yeah it's always a surprise. Never knew where how this happens on dairy farming. Well, now we know. Yeah, we know. We know. We have. We have a pragmatic choice. Yeah, I agree. With I bond with animals. What can I do? <laughs> Milk and cheese. My dairy man. cow Bob. It's oh, so much easier man. than my cattle, beef cattle, cow Bob. So you your know? dairy cow's a, a boy? Yeah. Well, I guess that'd be a problem. Yeah. That's why I don't have any animals in my farm. That's right. You know? So yeah. we have the farm. But it could be Just, Bob. No people animals. have asked me, "Y'all got any animals?" I'm like, "We can't even keep plants alive." What are you talking about? <laughs> we have a puppy. That's we're, enough. We're doing well with three boys, right? Yeah, like, three boys, yeah, yeah, yeah. a dog, <laughs> and like one fern. That's about all we got <laughs> one in us. That's awesome. <laughs> Actually, there's six, but this neither here nor there. Well, gentlemen, I, I missed uh, getting to be with you guys last week. <laughs> we bet you missed all of this really amazing talk. That's yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, yeah. All, all the enlightening you uh-huh. know, conversation That's about dairy versus beef. So, yeah. all over that one. Yeah, but no, it was... Uh, <laughs> I said God made cows out of steak. <laughs> I'm totally going to email over that one. Well, yeah. and if you have an issue, you just email hardy.sellers yeah. at yeah. There you go. He'll take there care of that. He'll take care of that. will be fine. But no, I missed getting to see you guys last we week. We missed you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We missed but, you. But uh, had, a, had a great time, uh, nice vacation. Uh, Christy and I took the girls on a cruise. There you go. Uh, to the Bahamas, which, you know, uh, a couple of days beforehand, I was like, all right, sweetheart, so tell me if this sentence makes sense to you. We're going to go get on a boat and there's a hurricane coming. Like, is that is that the best idea? It's a say it out loud rule. Right. Say something out loud, out loud and yeah. it doesn't make sense. Maybe you shouldn't do it. Right. But we looked but you at, still did. Yeah, yeah we did. It, it made sense. <laughs> Tell, tells you the caliber of intelligence you're dealing with here on my part. But no, uh, we looked at the weather report. It came through. Oh, we got down. It came through while we were out the water. Let's just talk about that because yeah. we'll talk about your fun vacation here yeah. in a second. But unfortunately, <laughs> oh, since it went in the other direction, yeah. there was a lot of devastation. And we talked about that a little bit in the services, we how did. we're going to um, help be a part of the solution through Hope City Church. Yep. Yeah. Um, Eric actually sent me a video last night that they've already put together um, for their church showing their relief efforts. Oh, wow. So we'll be you know using that and some of the promotion that we talk about. So obviously, yeah. we're continuing to pray for those folks and continue to be a part of the solution. And if you missed the message, yesterday, Eric Smith, that used to be the pastor here, mm-hmm. he left four years ago, mm-hmm. planted Hope City Church in Naples, Florida. P.J. Right. Beaver, who was with us, is now on the team down there. They've known each other for years. And and I've always felt like in times of crisis, churches are on the front lines. Yeah. Uh, the people of God can be the first to begin to really—and they're already—I mean, this video he sent me last night, they're already doing relief work. Yeah. They're already cleaning yeah. up houses. So we're going to help be a part of that solution. So we're continuing to pray for those folks where the where the hurricane went, but you guys, thankfully, and I was right. legitimately concerned about y'all. <laughs> I, I really that. was. I asked Morgan, yeah. can we reach?
reach them at sea. Hey, I don't know how this works. Yeah. You know, they have like a. I know it's not a landline, but I don't know how this works. Yeah. She, she said, "Adam, they're fine," because yeah. she she explained to me what you're about to say yeah. that the ship just went in the other direction. Yeah, and it can go faster than the storm. So we were we were completely safe. Okay. No problems. Okay. At all. So yeah. tell us about your trip. Yeah. We so, want to hear no, about that. no, it was great. Uh, yeah. So actually, we we did have internet at sea once we realized we were going to be a day late coming back into port, which okay. I'll get to. And it was actually Starlink internet, so it was uh, it was pretty fast. So I was uh, I was happy with that. Starling. But no, maybe they'll sponsor our podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's Starling. right, Elon, if you're listening. But um, <laughs> no, listens every week. That's yeah. right. He's yeah. So no, but yeah. So we uh, we went to the Bahamas to Nassau, and then uh, Royal Caribbean has their own little private island. And uh, the girls were really excited for this private island. So I had been there before, and there was almost nothing. I mean, it was hmm. just you know a beach. They've invested some serious cash. Awesome. It now has this awesome water park. No way. Literally the highest water slide in North America. And I'll, I'll give Jonathan a picture to, to throw up on there so our, is our viewers Is the Caribbean can considered part of North America? This uh, is news to me. Apparently. Well, they, they said it, so yeah, it must be yeah, true. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't believe it now. Right. Right. I would have said Central America, but yeah. that's neither here nor there. Go ahead. Sorry. So it's, it's <laughs> 20, Tall water slide. Yeah, 20 stories high, this water slide wow. is. You have to go up 20 flights of stairs. There's no elevator. So every time you well, want to go problem. up. Yeah, right. <laughs> Get yeah. a workout. Yeah, halfway up, you're going, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Better be worth it. Yeah. Should have taken that third trip to the buffet last night. But no, it was uh, it was great, and uh, I was really proud of my girls, both Lena and Ava. They jumped right in, and so it's not like a straight down slide. It spins around. Twirly one. Yeah, by the time you hit like that third spin, you're doing about Mach 10, and like you know all the blood's <laughs> rushing to your head. But uh, and then you know you get an atomic wedgie when you land. But I mean, it was uh, it was a great time. No, so we had a blast there. Got to spend time with our girls, uh, and uh, you know, just no one tells a story like Chad. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Atomic wedgie. That's right. But it was great. So we had a good time. But you know, like I said, miss miss getting to see you guys. But you know, uh, we we were a day late getting back into port because the storm did come over right over Port Canaveral, which is where we sailed out of. What was really interesting is I was watching the storm track on the Weather Channel app, and it went over, like the eye of the hurricane went about a mile away from where we parked our van. So I'm like, wow. oh, really hope mm-hmm. the van is still was there. All right? <clears throat> Perfectly fine. Okay. Like like you said, I mean, most of the damage that was done, it was in southwest Florida. Right. And, mm-hmm. and again, we want to keep those folks in our prayers. And, um, you know, PJ actually sent me a couple of videos. I okay. mean, there was a street that's completely flooded, fish still yeah. swimming in it, wow. you know, days after the storm. So I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful that we can partner with those guys and you know kind of work with them on you know helping with that and of course coming back we saw tons of relief efforts heading down that way power trucks all kinds of stuff but anyway we're glad you had a good time we missed you last week but glad you got some time away yeah absolutely how was y'all's weekend everything everything good yeah, Jacob's team won again. So All right. So that's three, three wins in a row. Yeah. So we're making well, a lot, though, they, right? Yeah, 34 to nothing. Shut so, them out. Uh, yeah, we're, okay. we're playing good. we got two regular season games left to, to make our playoff push. So uh, we're very excited <laughs> about that. Beautiful weekend of weather. Yeah, I tried to yeah. just stay outside as much as I could all weekend. It was awesome. Yeah, we're kind mm-hmm. of in that butter zone of like two or three weeks where it's like really, oh, really yeah, nice. Dude, and then it's, it's going to be... It's called the butter zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. And then it's going to be... You have long enough, you learn these things. Yeah, well, everything in the South is butter. So you have the biscuits. That's right. Biscuits, butter. So in, a, in about two or three Dairy. weeks, it'll be yeah. either 20 degrees or like tornado warnings. Like that's that's what it is. For or 95 year. again. Yeah, yeah that's, or 95. Right. that's right. But no, it was an awesome nowhere. weekend. Yeah. What about you, Matthew? Yeah. Anything uh, fun? Yeah, we celebrated our ninth anniversary. Hey, oh, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. So, respect to D. My goodness. Yeah. yeah. Put up for it. <laughs> nine years. Can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Can't Shout believe. out. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's nine years. We did. Yeah. Uh, Friday, we went to uh, Ravello, I think. It's downtown. Is that that new Italian restaurant yeah. down there? Okay. Yeah. How was that? Really good. Okay. Swanky. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We will not, not going to do that anytime soon. <laughs> <three boys. laughs> 
They yeah, kick us a, right out. It's a once a year thing. Okay. Gotcha. That's yeah. what you're supposed to do yeah, on yeah, your anniversary. Yeah. Good yeah, yeah. Well, good for so, you guys, man. Congratulations. Ravello yeah. will sponsor our podcast. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, so that'd be great. Folks at <laughs> That's right. Maybe they'll bring like some of the bread and other stuff in here. Gluten free, Chad. That's something very nice. The gluten free bread. So they did have a lot of gluten free. Because D is also gluten free. So they had a lot. They like they had gluten free pasta, all kinds of stuff, dude. Well, here we go. Yeah. But I mean, you paid for it. But Matt and D can keep our three boys while I take Morgan. Now we're cooking. There you go. Now we're cooking. Uncle Matt. I won't do that to you. (laughs) I won't do that to you. Well, good deal. Well, also this past weekend, we continued our message series from Stress to Blessed, and we talked about finances. Uh, Stress to Blessed with Money, money, money. Yeah, money talks, huh? So, uh, (laughs) you know, I want to kind of get into this because I know, you know, it's so funny. People, anytime you talk about money or finances, people kind of tense up. And so uh, I really enjoyed the message this past week, but I've got some questions, you know, from it. You know, your big idea for this message was that experiencing blessing with our finances is becoming a cheerful giver. So, before we continue our conversation, let's define what a cheerful giver is. What does that look like in our lives to be a cheerful giver? So before I define being a cheerful giver, let's go back to what you said there for a second. That anytime you talk about money, everybody kind of like, you know, yeah. that's only at church. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, really? So we're, we can't talk about money, right, but everybody right, yeah. else can talk about money. It's sure. one of the things I love about our church is we don't really follow that. We talk about money all the time. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why we talk about money, and, and we can get we can get past the stigma of money. So, yeah, money is really, really important. Sure. So it's one of the most important things in our life. And a lot of times people say, you know, uh, money is the root of all evil. That's not what the Bible says. It, the Bible says it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. I believe what Zig Ziglar said is true. So I, I like Zig Ziglar. He's got a lot of just great quotes and great lines, and um, he, he went home to be with the Lord probably – Close to a decade ago now, I don't know, five, ten years ago, he, he's, he hasn't been with us for a while, but you can still find all of Zig's books and resources. So Zig says, money isn't everything, but it ranks right up there with oxygen. <laughs> and I think he's on to something. <laughs> right. It's just one of the realities of our life. Yeah. Money is also very similar to time. It, it all depends on whose hands it's in. It all depends on how it's being used. You can use time for good things or you can waste time for negative things. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Money can be used for really positive things or it can be used for really negative things. And I happen to be a big fan of money being in the hands of people who walk with Jesus yeah. because I think they can steward it for kingdom purposes. I think the devil has, has had that money long enough. So I think <laughs> right. that the money can be good. So yeah, money is something we want to talk a lot about because it, it, it's part of our life mm-hmm. and it's one of the things things that can be a huge blessing. And a lot of times people only associate it with stress or they only associate it with greed or they only associate it with the latest news headline they've seen of somebody else who was abusive of power and stole money. Right. No, let's set all that aside mm-hmm. and let's just talk about it straight up and see what God's word has to say. So how do you become a cheerful giver? Well, you got to start. Most people don't give for the first time from a great motivation of enthusiasm. (laughs) You know, they give because they're convicted. They give Mm. because they see this is something that matters. I've never tried this before, but I'm going to make the commitment to doing it. It's the same reason and the same thought process, maybe why somebody says, I'm finally going to get on an exercise regimen. I'm going to start eating healthier. You see a benefit. If you were currently doing it, you wouldn't be in the place you're in. So you see a gap. I need to take a 
step. I need to get a new plan. I need to move in that direction. I might need some accountability. I might need some encouragement. But there's enough of a reason there for me to at least give this a try. Hmm. I would say, think about that as it pertains to giving. If you've never given before, what we try to do is talk about the benefits of experiencing the <clears throat> blessing that come from living this way when it comes to finances. And then if you start down that road, eventually you're going to get to a place where there's great cheer, there's great joy. But at first, there's going to be great animosity. Right. There's going to be great trepidation. Right. There's going to be great anxiety. You've never done it before. Mm. Similarly to if you've never gone to work out at five o'clock in the morning every day. Okay, right. So there is a process. But once you get into that routine, it does become something that you can find great joy in mm. because money no longer has a grip mm. on you. So the truth of the matter is money either is gripping your heart or your heart has learned how to release money. Mm. Those two things are, are difficult to coexist at the same time. Yeah. So giving is how we release the grip that greed and money and materialism has on our life. That's good. Man, that's really good. Um, so you said this before, and I think you mentioned it again yesterday, uh, that God doesn't need our money. Um, so unpack that a little bit. Uh, why does he tell us to give tithes and offerings if he doesn't need it? Well, first of all, he doesn't tell us to give mm-hmm. to tithes and offerings. He says that we return it. Mm. So what God says is you bring or you return the tithes and offerings to me. Biblically speaking, yeah. when we tithe, and if that's a word you're not familiar with, in fact, Morgan and I were in a life group uh, 10 years ago this fall. 10 years ago this fall with 10 other couples. It was one of my favorite life groups I've ever been in at Bethlehem Church. And we got into a discussion of the tithe. Half the couples mm-hmm. in the life group had never even heard the word. Really? They wow. didn't even know what it meant. Wow. And so I unpacked it with them and I said, it's really simple. Tithing means you return to God 25% of your income. And they're like, all right, let me write that down. And I was like, no, I'm kidding. It's not 25%. believe you. It's 10%. Just make it out to cash. It's 10%. It's the first 10th. It's the first part. So for whatever reason, and I think I have a couple of ideas about what that reason may be, and we'll talk about that here in a second, God wired into us this mechanism where when we return our first and best to him, it strengthens our relationship with him. Hmm. We see this from early on. Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. What's the sin that's happening there? Somebody says, well, one of them, it was an animal sacrifice. The other mm-hmm. one, it was a fruit sacrifice. No, that's not the difference. The right. difference there is that Cain didn't bring his first fruit, and Abel did. Mm-hmm. That was the problem with their offering. It's why God received Abel's offering and didn't receive Cain's offering. Right. It's first and best. Mm-hmm. When you start looking for the principle of first and best in God's Word, you'll see it all over the pages. Yeah. I mean, we just did our Joshua series a few weeks ago. What's happening when they enter the promised land? God says, don't keep anything from Jericho. Why? Right. Principle of first and best. Mm-hmm. If you will return mm-hmm. to me this first place that I'm going to allow you to take, this point moving forward, you get to keep everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Principle of first and best. So a tent, a time tithe, 10th, you return back to God. If everything already belongs to God, I'm not giving God the tithe. I'm returning it back to him. And as I do that, what God is going to do is cultivate in my heart, again, this, this whole series, heart, a level of trust to help me recognize I can trust him with other areas of my life. It's hard for me to see how I can trust God with my marriage, trust God with my children, trust God with my career, trust God with my health, trust God with everything else in my life if I haven't taken the step to tangibly trust him with the money he's entrusted me with. So it's a very tangible way of God building trust in the relationship we have with him. And that whole dynamic is to our benefit. Mm -hmm. Isn't that gracious of God? 
to yeah. not need anything from us and put this in place right. also we could benefit from growing in our trust of him wow. yeah. that an all-knowing all-powerful god who spoke the universe into existence cares enough about us to say just return a tenth and i'll get very real in your life yeah. and you'll now recognize you can trust me with all areas of your life yeah. so no he doesn't need any of it he's doing all of it for yeah. us yeah. and isn't that like our god to be so gracious and kind with his stubborn children yeah, right? <laughs> well and you just kind of touched on this and so i want to expound on a little bit more you know we scripture this is the one area that God says to test him, you know, test him on this. So, and I understand there may be some speculation with what, you know, the answer you're about to give, and that's fine, or maybe not. Maybe you know exactly the answer. You can chapter and verse, and that would be great. (laughs) But why does God tell us to test him in this area, but not in other areas of our life? I I wish he did let us test him in other areas. Right. It wouldn't be awesome. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be awesome if, you know, I, I think back to when I thought, like, I think Morgan is the person that God's leading me to marry. You know, that would have been an awesome test I could run by God. Right. Now, hey, God, can we just, like, talk this one out? You know, I'd love to see what the next 50 years of my life are going to look like before I enter into this covenant of marriage with another person. And God says, no, you got to make that decision by faith, too. (laughs) (laughs) She's one of my girls. She walks with Jesus. Y'all be fine, okay? Wow, I don't get to test God in that. You know, wouldn't it be awesome if you could test God before you make this big move in your career? Hmm. Hey, God, could you at least show me if this is the right move, if it's going to go well, if I'm going to get that promotion? If, if my kids are going to love their new schools, God's like, now you got to take that step by faith. Mm. So I wish we could test God in every area of our life. There's only one he gives us. Yeah, It's the only thing God says, you test me in this. You return the full tithe to my storehouse. I believe the, the practical application of that is the local church. There's actually more evidence for that in the book of Exodus. We don't have time to get into all that right now. Sure. But you return the tithe to God, and God says, test me in this and see if I will not pour out so much blessing on you that you won't even be able to store it all. You won't be able to keep it all. And we could line up person after person after person to bring on this podcast and interview who could testify to the truth of that passage. As one member in our church has rightly said to me multiple times in conversation, you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. Try it. You try to outgive God, and then we'll have you on the podcast next year, and you'll be telling lots of awesome stories, okay? Right. So it is something that God says we can test him in. Now, the key there is that God is telling us in the testing he will meet not our wants, but our needs. Right. So when you trust God with your finances and you put that faith into action, God's going to take care of your needs. I can't always tell you the script of how that's going to play itself out, but he will take care of your needs. And it is, yes, a promise from his word that you can test him in this. Mm, That's good. Yeah. Um, So one of the things that you did, I I love how you talked about assessing your money. Um, I know that, you know, some people look at their bank statements and they're like, man, I can't believe I spent this money here or how much and where it's going. Right. So, you know, let's talk about that a little bit. Is there a a better way to assess our money, to see where it's going? Um, Are are there tools that we can use? Yeah, there's lots of great tools uh, you can use. I've tried a number of them over the years, Mm -hmm. different apps, um, different web-based programs that Mm -hmm. function a little better on a laptop than on a phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And they'll sync up things and they'll, you know, categorize things and they'll show you spending Mm -hmm. categories here and spending categories there. And it can be helpful, but it can also get to a point where it just reaches too much complexity, (laughs) which is no longer giving you the helpful information. It's like, I don't really need to know the difference between those two restaurants. It's like, there's too many categories here. Yeah. So, 
you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in just kind of going old school, yeah. you know, just open up your, your online account and look at the numbers yeah. and okay, that was a restaurant or that's when we had to get that kid. Was that whose haircut was that? You know, just trying to figure <laughs> right, it out. Yeah. Right. Costco, what on earth? You know, what did we buy that <laughs> wow, day? Wow, really supporting Costco okay, there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so there, there's, there's some stuff happening here. We've had mm. to do this a lot in the last year because of inflation. Right. I mean, the same trip to Costco, buying the same items, cost mm-hmm. a lot more yes. now than it used to. Yep. The gas budget yeah. has gone way up. Way up. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I notice these things, and I, <laughs> I complain about it. <laughs> so, I think so, we all do. <laughs> so, no, what I mean by that is, what was it we were eating? I don't remember what it was. I honestly don't remember what it was. It'll come to me then. Not the podcast. <laughs> yeah, not gluten. gluten. And I said to Morgan... Why? Why did? Why did the brand change? Like, what is this? Uh-huh. Like, I like the other one better. Yeah. And she said, "This one is half the cost <laughs> at Costco. It's half the cost. We're gonna try it." Yeah. And I'm like, "But it's not gonna taste the same." I'm like a little kid, you know. Right. So she's she like, "Changed it." She's on like, me. "Adam, we're gonna try it." <laughs> Sam and Jacob and here are like, "Dad, it's fine. You know, get over it." You know, and I'm the one complaining. And so, like, I start eating it, and afterwards, I'm like, "It tastes the exact same." Right. And Morgan yeah. just shakes her head in yeah. great disbelief. Pray for my wife. So my my wife is very cognizant of these things. Mm. She pays attention to this. Yeah. I just go in there and grab the first thing I see, and I'm on my day. She's yeah. like, but Adam, they were running a special. I'm like, who's got time to pay attention to that? So, so my wife is awesome at noticing these things. I'm just always in a hurry. Yeah. But my point is, when we were assessing, hey, how come, where's our money at? Yeah. What we began to realize, like, oh, everything just yeah. cost more. Yeah. So now we have to make some adjustments. Mm-hmm. That means now we're going to have to spend less over here, or we're going to have mm-hmm. to... You see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's not an unlimited amount of money. It's the same. Yeah, it's it the comes same. in the same the every same. month. Everything gone and up. So if things are costing more and you assess that and you figure that out, right. you can make proper adjustments. Um, you can scale back. You know, Maybe the, everybody gets less gifts mm-hmm. on their birthdays or at Christmas or you go on less trips or you don't eat out as much. You know, But you only gather that information by right. assessing where you're currently spending money. Yeah. yeah I remember back when, uh, when Chris and I first got married, so over 16 <laughs> years ago, you know, we were figuring out how to do finance finances as a couple and trying to do the online thing it was tough for us so literally we went the old school like dave ramsey envelope Every, system oh, okay. yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've done that and that uh, because she did financial piece she had this really cool it was almost like a like a it looked like a book that had all these yeah. envelopes in it yep. so we put labels you know groceries gas all that kind of stuff well we had to stop because uh one day at work someone stole some money out of her purse they stole her wallet which only had like 20 bucks had i they thought gone... you were gonna say it happened to you at work I no, was no, like, no, 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 no. here okay it was her had work. they gone for the envelope they'd have gotten like multiple hundreds of dollars and we were like well maybe that was god warning us like hey so yeah. but no but but we use the envelope system we for had years to. with yeah. cash and what's crazy about that we we laugh about this now i remember those numbers from yeah. back in the day yeah how much per week right and right. i know what that number is today yeah, yeah, yeah. and i'm like what on earth three yeah. kids later right. inflation yeah, yeah. you know and you used really, to think you were spending so much money and now right. it's like oh yeah. i wish i could go back to that but so that number we've reached that number through this process yeah mm-hmm. um because things cost what they cost right and so mm-hmm. you've got to be realistic when you're creating the budget envelope system, put cash. Most of you know what that is. Right. So you divvy up yeah. the cash in the envelopes, and once it's out, it's out. Yeah. Right? You know? So, yeah. you know, we manage that now a little differently. We don't use yeah. the, right. the cash in the envelopes, but it's the same premise. Yeah. It's That's the right. same there's concept. But there's a lot more, you know, apps. There's an app, like every dollar. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. 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 Well, it's his, and it's really good. Yeah. 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 You're talking about Dave Ramsey yeah. stuff. So yeah. So it's kind of the, yeah, really good. it's kind of the, uh, they adapted it in a digital form now. That's right. Cool. That's right. So, you know, you mentioned that we were going to spend some time today talking about the, was it legacy estate planning that law enforcement church offers. So let's let's dive into that. What is it and you know how can folks get involved with that? 
Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a minute. And sure. if you missed yesterday's message, you know, you might want to go back and watch it. I think this was in point three that, that I showed a little video, yeah. about a five minute video. So um, let me kind of take a step back for a second. Okay. So we're going to have, you know, financial planning with the pastors. Here we go. <laughs> so where's Hardy? Get him <laughs> yeah, in here. Yeah, no you know? kidding, right? Yeah. Hardy, uh, our executive pastor of operations, he and his team run all things financial at our church. If you ever have any questions about how any of the money's handled, for Pete's sake, don't ask the three of us. You right. know, go meet with Hardy. Yeah. We will calmly look at you and say, I don't know. We, don't we know. have to ask that Hardy is for not, That's not our department. <laughs> you know? right. we, we don't know. And that's, that's right. probably a very that's good very thing. very wise. Right. Exactly. So um, I believe it was Dave Ramsey. It's funny we just mentioned him. Um, that I first heard say this about 15 years ago. And I was like, why? What? Huh? I mean, it kind of caught me off guard. I was listening to his show one day, driving around. And he started talking about life insurance. And I had a life insurance policy in place at that time because someone had told me, hey, once you get married, you need to get a life insurance policy. Right. So, you know, we'd been married for a few years. I had a life insurance policy. We didn't have any children. It's 15 years ago. And he said, if you have a life insurance policy, it needs to be 10 times what your income is. And I just thought to myself, that doesn't make any sense at all. And so I, he got my attention by throwing out like a big number like that. And he said, well, here's why. He said, because when you pass away, like you're going to have funeral expenses. And then, you know, if your spouse wants to pay off the house or sell the house, whatever. So there's going to be a good chunk of money that disappears. And then there's going to be some leftover money. And what you want is for that money to be able to go into a fund where it draws five, perhaps seven, some years, maybe up to 10%. Mm -hmm. And then you're living off of the interest right. from yeah. the money. Mm -hmm. So, you you know, not living off the golden goose, you're living off the egg, you know, that kind of right. idea. And so... That made a lot of sense to me once, you know, he unpacked that. And so over the years, you know, I've, I've updated that a few times. And so let's just kind of start there. If you're married and you don't have life insurance in place, um, we are not financial advisors. And so you don't need right. to take what we're saying and go do it. And then if it doesn't work well, you know, blame Matt. You know, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Sorry. So um, Dave Ramsey's website has endorsed local providers. Yeah, that's right. Maybe that might yeah. be a good place to mm -hmm. start, sit down and talk with someone. Um but term life insurance, 10-year policy, 15-year policy, 20-year policy. Mm -hmm. um, and so now let's let's get to my life here for a second. So, you know, here we sit. We've got three kids, um, and I've got the life insurance in place. And, you know, pastors don't make a lot of money. And there's a lot of professions that by the world standards don't make a lot of money. But if you just multiply your household income by 10, it doesn't matter what the annual salary is. That's going to be a pretty big number. Right. Anytime. Yeah. I mean, math wasn't my strong suit, but if you multiply <laughs> it by 10, it becomes a big That's number. Right. Yeah. So I, I recognized a few years back, like all of those things are in place. And if the Lord called me home. Um, you know, James is pretty clear that true religion is to take care and love. I'm not quoting this verse, you know, verbatim of orphans and widows. Right. So if you're a husband and you have a wife and you have a kid and you have kids, if you go meet Jesus first, immediately your wife becomes a widow. You better have some things in place to make sure your kids don't eventually become orphans because yeah. now it's just her. So the first place to apply that passage is in your own home. So the life insurance stuff is there, and if Jesus calls me home, then you know Morgan can can manage our children, and from a financial perspective only. Okay, so we can have some fun with this. I don't mind because I mean I I have light with these things because if I go meet Jesus first, I win. <laughs> so you know it's like I want to see Jesus. Right. Yeah. So Morgan, financially speaking, only really needs me around for about the next twenty years. 
Like if something <laughs> happens to me, listen, I'm not, I'm not, I need everybody on this podcast to listen to me. Our children are 13, 11, and seven. So about 10 years ago is when I realized, I realized like, <clears throat> if I'm here for the next 20 to 25 years, earning income from my family from a financial perspective, we'll be fine. Okay. We don't live a lavish lifestyle. We'll be fine. Okay. Um, and then what's happening on the side over here, and this is the part that never gets talked about, is through wise investments, planning for retirement, wise investments, planning for the future, wise investments, thinking beyond the age of 65, thinking beyond the age of 70. What happens at some point in life, and this is why, like, let's say 20-year term makes sense, yeah. there's a tipping point that occurs. At 20 years down the road, I really no longer need to keep this life insurance policy because all of these investments that have been going for 20 years now outweigh the policy of the insurance, right. and I can actually take the money I was investing in that policy and feed it to this because there's no expiration date on that. Right. So everybody tracking with me here? Mm-hmm. So by that logic, financially speaking, I need to be able to earn for the next 20, 25 years. If Jesus calls me home at some point in that process, if I don't have a good life insurance policy in place, Morgan really is up a creek. And I talk openly about these things because of how frequently I've seen this as a pastor, mm-hmm. that there have been a lot of families that have been left in that situation because nobody had this kind of conversation. So we're having this conversation on the podcast. You know, this is a very open conversation right. that yeah. most pastors yeah. are having a podcast. Okay? No kidding. All right. So that is my... Let's back it up a second to to help see like how I got to this place three or four years ago. I had the thought one day, well, what if the Lord calls us both home at the same time? Now what? Because my wife is really smart. Like I honestly have no concern about how my wife would manage, you know, Jesus called me home. Here's the life insurance policy. Here's the house. Here's the plan for the kids. Morgan's brilliant. But if Jesus calls both of us home, we, we we don't have like gigantic checking accounts with like lots and lots and lots of zeros. Now, some of you listening may, may do. But if we both got called home at the same time and there's a life insurance policy in place that's 10 times annual income and there's a house that there's some appreciation, now all of a sudden there's a lot of money. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that we don't have access to right now. Right. But now who has access to it? Is it my kids? Hmm. Who gets that money? Is it, I mean, and, 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 and this was when I reached my moment of stress hmm. because I know that none of us are promised tomorrow. And, and, and then by God's providence, Hardy and I were in a meeting where this literally got addressed. And I wow. thought, okay, Lord, That's cool. you're, you're up to something. Yeah. So as I began to explore this process, there were a number of questions that I didn't know the answer to that if I can just be honest, it was a little embarrassing to admit that I didn't know the answer to. You kind of feel like as an adult, you know, you should know the answer to these things. And so the folks that we've partnered with and the folks that you saw in that video were the same people. I recognize those guys in the video that we talked to on the phone and they were so kind and gracious because they basically say, you probably have some questions about this and this. I bet no one's ever explained the difference between this and this. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And it's kind yeah. of like, and he goes, and you don't really know who to ask. I said, oh, yeah, thank you. Well, isn't yeah. that a little comforting to think like a lot more folks are in the same boat that you are than you think? You For know? example, yeah. I didn't know the difference between a will and a trust. Hmm. Yeah. I had no idea. And, and so that was one of the first places we started. Yeah. Um, they explained to me the difference between a will and a trust. And if you go through this process, we've paid for this mm-hmm. as a church. Anybody okay. calls Vaughn Forest Home, you can do the same thing that I'm describing right now. They explained to me, here's the difference between a will and a trust. Now, y'all take some time, talk about it, pray about it, and then let us know which option would you like to go down. 
based on the information that they gave us and, and the explanations that they made, like we decided that that a trust would be a better fit for our family. Again, I'm giving yeah. you all my personal business because sure. I love you as, my, as your pastor, okay? We decided that that's how we would want to set things up. And then we made decisions accordingly. One of the things that I remember very distinctly, he said to me, so on your life insurance policy, I'm sure you have Morgan listed. Like, who's listed next? I was like, our kids. He goes, I need you to update that to the language of the trust. There are major tax benefits for your children just by that simple decision. Hmm. I didn't know wow. that. Yeah. So oh, these are all the kind of things that they helped me answer. Now, where this gets clearer, clearer is they then sent us some documents with some questions to answer that we had literally never answered. We'd been married a long time. We will celebrate our 20th anniversary here in a couple of months. We'd been married a long time. We'd never had this discussion. Hmm. And, and I mean, I'll tell you, if you go through this process, here's the questions they're going to ask you. Like when it comes to life support, when it comes to um, would you want to be put on a feeding tube? I didn't even know what that question meant. They sent us articles that they had researched to wow. show us wow. here's what happens at the biological level, here's what happens at the psychological <laughs> level. This has all been researched. They armed us with the information to help us make the decisions accordingly. So it's going beyond just financial yeah. decisions. These yeah. are life decisions. Life decisions. Wow. Who would make wow. that decision for you? Hmm. Well, what if your spouse isn't there or they're in a car wreck with you? Who then makes the decision? We had to answer all the. This was a, a thoughtful – it took Morgan and I three months – to do this. Wow. We took our time. We talked about it. We prayed about it. We, we called family members. We yeah. talked with them about this. Right. But, but we would have never answered these questions. And Chad, I don't have to, I don't, Matt, I don't tell you that as pastors, we've seen all of these situations yeah. over yeah. the years yeah. as pastors. Yeah. And it, it kind of was convicting that having seen these things play out so many times, I had never taken the opportunity to, because you never think it will happen to you. Right. You right. Know? So it, it was a really good process for us to talk through and, and get on the same page with. And then obviously the question then became, well, the, the children. And we already had some things in place. Sure. But to update that and, and what would that look like? And, you know, this money that goes to a trust you know, does that get equally dispersed with the kids? If so, when and who makes that decision? And how do they make that decision? And do you want to create criteria for them to make that decision? Or do you want to just leave that decision fully up to them? These are all things we've never talked about, but they lovingly helped walk us through that process mm. so that we got to the point of clarity to where now there's no ambiguity. That's so good. Like good. everyone that's involved in that process knows mm -hmm. what because because we involved them in that process right. and yeah. they prayerfully walked through it as well. And and then and then the final piece in this, which is a little bit of what I was talking about in the message yesterday, that part of the resources you've been entrusted with while you're here on earth can continue to serve the kingdom even after you're in heaven for all of eternity. Right. So let's yeah. go back to this trust. If you want to, and again, all the, everything I'm talking about, it's literally up to you. Sure. There's no like, you know, if you choose this option, then <laughs> like, no, it, it's like they're trying to serve and help. Right. If you mm -hmm. want to, you can choose to allocate some of those resources left in a trust towards a ministry that you care about. And then that money could continue to serve the kingdom while you're in heaven with Jesus. Now, think about that for a second. So we began to think about, okay, well, what would that be? What do we care about? What are we passionate about? So there were several things that came to mind for us, you know, and I'm just, I'm, again, I'm letting you all up in my business here. Like we really care a lot about the Journey Church in New York City. I served there for four years. Yeah. I'm on their board of directors. They are the most successful, and I don't apologize for using that word, church plant in the 2000s, strictly by salvation and baptism numbers and kingdom impact that has happened in New York City. Mm -hmm. I believe in those guys. I believe in that church. 
and they don't have a permanent facility. So we began to pray about what if the Lord would want us to invest some of the resources he's entrusted us with for that purpose mm. beyond our years. Yeah. We began to pray about Compassion International. We've <clears throat> sponsored Compassion Kids for years, and we had Compassion Sunday right. here last year. Would God have us you know, leave some financial resources? I'm, I'm a, I have two master's degrees from Liberty University. Morgan graduated with her undergrad degree from Liberty University. I believe in what the mission of that school, and they train champions for Christ, and they send their graduates into every arena of life, and I'm pretty passionate about that university. <clears throat> would I want to you know, leave some money there? Right. And then clearly, as the pastor of On Forest Church, I believe that this church has a big, big future beyond any of our lives, mm-hmm. right? right? Yeah, absolutely. So would the yeah. Lord want—so these were the decisions we began to think through and pray through. And, and so that's an exciting thing to do yeah. as, as a couple as well. <clears throat> and if you so choose, you have that option. Yeah. Now, let me give you one final piece, and I'll be quiet, and y'all can ask any questions you want. <clears throat> because we entered into this process, and because this is something that we've invested heavenly, heavily in as a church— for everybody that calls Vaughn Forest home, practically speaking, Hardy and I sat down and talked about this. We prayed about this. We then talked to some folks from the Alabama Baptist Foundation to get their insight into this. Sure. And um, they gave us really helpful guidance that if someone that calls Vaughn Forest home went through this process, and let's say they did make the decision that they wanted to invest some of the resources they had been entrusted with to Vaughn Forest Church, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Right. Does that just show up in the weekly tithe? You know, we, we didn't know the answer right. to this. Right. So there was an organizational component to this that we learned, and I'm glad that we asked the questions we asked because what we discovered was you actually have to have a separate mechanism in place to receive these types of funds. Right. right. And you have to uh, designate on the front end what those funds would be used for. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So here at Vaughn Force Church, again, just making sure everything's out on the out on the table, like we're not trying to you know keep secrets from anybody. If if you went through that process and the Lord led you to make that. That decision, and and Jesus calls you home one day, hopefully decades from now, right. and you you had chosen to make that decision. That those that money would go to one of three things: it would go towards debt reduction, facility, you know, anything facility or global missions. And that matters because what we discovered in this process is what I just shared with you is the number one reason why people don't choose to allocate those resources to churches. Because they don't know where it's going to go. Because they don't know right. where it's going to go. Mm. Right. And what most people know is if a church received a large check, it might split the church. Because you get a bunch of people who think, well, that needs to be used to buy a new piano. You get a bunch of people who says, that needs to be used in the student ministry. <laughs> right. But no, we need to go ahead and just send all that money overseas. And yep. next thing you know, the church split. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know— Little old ladies who pass away and leave lots of money, it goes to Compassion or Liberty University or somewhere else because they have mechanisms in place yeah. to, to yeah. leverage to that, those yeah. resources yeah. for yeah. kingdom purposes. Most yeah. local churches don't. Yeah. We now do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so by God's grace, these things have been put in place. And as the pastor of On Forest Church, what I know is that I'm just an interim pastor. You're just an interim pastor. Matt's just an interim pastor. There will be other people down the road who the Lord calls to the positions that we have. Now, we hope that's a long time from now, right? Because we love being here. But my prayer is that one day the pastors who are at this church 30, 40, 50 years from now are going, wow. Like, I'm so grateful that this generation that was before us put this mechanism in place, and God's people were so generous. And then let me—I know I keep saying, let me say one final thing. No, good. If we think— Who's we? If you're over the age of 30. If you're over the age of 30 and you think 
that the church 50 years from now, 75 years from now, will be able to thrive mm-hmm. simply off of the tithes of the members at that time, you are fooling yourself. Mm-hmm. Look at inflation. Mm-hmm. Look at how much more expensive things are today than they were 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. It's not going to turn around. Yeah. Right. A million dollars 10 years from now is not going to be the same thing as a million dollars now. Okay. So if we can make decisions now, what we can do, 30 and overcrowd, is fund the kingdom when our kids are trying to lead churches and lead organizations to lead people to Jesus and missions organizations in a world that's going to be much more difficult to do that and in a world where it's going to be a lot more expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And our testimony could be we saw that coming and we did something about it. Yeah. yeah. So this is, you know, this is big, 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 yeah, big. Yeah, this big is not stuff. so for us, again, what are the benefits? Well, we got all of that stuff settled in our own home. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no stress with that. But now we're a part of something that's so much bigger (coughs) than us. You see what I'm saying? Looking forward. And for someone, you know, Morgan and I have made the next generation kind of a focus of our life, and it will be. We'll be the 90-year-old couple still talking about the next generation, (laughs) okay? This practically fits into that for us, okay? So I know I just laid out a lot there, but but I'm really passionate about this, and and we've benefited from it. And I really think if you're listening, you could benefit from this as well. Yeah, yeah. I would encourage you and your spouse to go through this process, get those things settled. It'll reduce stress, and it'll open up some opportunities for you to see how your resources, your resources, the resources God's entrusted you with, <laughs> right. can be used for kingdom purposes. Yeah. So one of the things I, I love that you said there, you know, you talked about how sometimes these big checks come in and, you know, the church is split. Well, you know, this clarity that's created with your own family, because that happens with families too, you know, when there's not clarity on where the resources right. go, yep, yep. Who, who gets certain things, all that kind of stuff, right. it can tear your family apart. And so I love the parallels there between your own personal life, your personal family, and also uh, with the church and the church family. I think that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's a little vulnerable for me to talk so personally about our family, but I I hope everybody understands my heart behind that is, you know, we try to be an authentic church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what that means is we'll talk about the real stuff. Yeah. So if this is happening in my kitchen table, I bet it's happening at yours. Here's where Morgan and I were. Here's what we walked through. Here's where we are now. I share that story as as a hope that it will benefit someone else. Right. And again, yeah. you make the decision in prayer before the Lord for what's best for you and your family. Right. That's what we did. And I was nice to know we had people guide us through the process. And let me throw in one. I Googled this morning, like difference between will and trust, because I just want to see what Google would say. <laughs> yeah. right. So the first thing that popped up was disadvantage of trust. So I'm like, oh, click on that. Yeah. Do you know what the first thing it said was? It's too complex and most people don't understand how to do it. Mm. That yeah. was the only thing they could say. Well, right. look at this. These are folks who love Jesus who yeah. explain right. the complexity you trust them. and yeah, you yeah. can trust them yeah. and they help you with that. Isn't that yeah. amazing that we're removing, here's what the, the world complexity. would say. This is the barrier. Right. Yeah. And some people who love Jesus are removing that barrier for us. Yeah. Gosh, that's so good. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Man. I love that. Do we mention how we can get involved with that? Yeah. Like, so at any time, you can go on our website, and if you click giving, there's a few tabs that will drop down, and one of them says legacy, and uh, okay. legacy giving or legacy planning, and it's always there year-round. Yeah. Yeah. You could click that and just fill in your name and email address and submit it. Um, or if you just want to send any of us a direct email, since we're talking about it today, yeah. um, com, we can do that for you as well. Yeah, yeah. and it's also got that video uh, on that particular yeah, webpage on the website. On oh, yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. if anyone missed that, you can either go back and watch the sermon yeah. or yep. you can also see the video there. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, point three was kind of talking about, you know, where we're prioritizing, like— are we prioritizing our money for uh, you know temporary things or eternal purposes? Um, so, is it wrong to 
uh, you know, spend money on fun things or temporary things. Not at all. No, absolutely not. I think one of the reasons that God entrusts us with money is to have a little fun, yeah. enjoy life. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Like go life, on a cruise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at the wrong time. That's right. Absolutely. You know, life's hard. Yeah, man. Um, the the key word there yeah. is priority. Okay. So if if the priority is fun, 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 fun. You know, me, 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 me. Relax, 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 relax. Well, yeah, you yeah. kind of got things out of order there. Right. What's the priority? The priority is eternal purposes. Mm. Can I tell you what's most remarkable to me about the tithe? And we're going to get back to that. <laughs> it's only 10%. Wow. I think that's the most remarkable part. Yeah. Uh-huh. That God, he could have chosen any number. Right. So God says, return the first 10th to me. What do you want to do with the remaining 90%? percent mm. I think giving is a lot of fun when you're operating from the 90%. How generous can I be? You know, I could right. live off of this 90%, yeah. but, but what yeah. if I chose to live off of 80% right. and, and was generous with another 10%? You know, mm-hmm. what, what if I became that person who always gave the really big tip? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to be that person. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what if I became the person that when I met a recent high school grad, I said, well, you know, what is your favorite vehicle? And I just bought it for him. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. You know, what if every time I met a young married couple, I said, you know what? I'd like to pay your mortgage for the next 12 months. Yeah. So this is a really fun yeah, way yeah. to live. Mm. So, you know, God says, and I have the 90% and have some fun with it. Mm. And part of the fun, go on a cruise, go on a vacation, yeah. Yeah. enjoy life a little bit. Mm. But can I tell you where it gets really fun? is when you do that kind of stuff we're talking about. Now, I can only do one of those things I just named, mm-hmm. okay? The only thing I can currently do is give really big tips at restaurants, <laughs> yeah. and I do. Yeah. And I don't mind telling you yeah. that I do that. Yeah. And, and I love doing it because mm-hmm. I love seeing people who work really, really hard feel like someone noticed, <clears throat> right. you know? And I pray for the day that maybe God blesses us and like I can say, you know, hey, let, let me let me help you a little bit more than you thought I could, okay? Because right. I don't think that God's giving us money primarily just for us. I think he's blessing us to be a blessing for mm-hmm. others. And I think the people who I've known in my life who live that way, I mean, God keeps blessing them because God knows what they're going to do with the blessing. Right. It's not just going to be for them. It's yeah. also going to be for others. But there's nothing wrong, obviously, with using some of that for just life in general. But the key is priority. The key yeah, is right. priority. Yeah. God gets first. I want to be a blessing to others. And then, yes, yeah, so we're going to enjoy life as well. Yeah, yeah and if yeah. you're doing some of those things at the expense of the priorities, then that's when you know, right. things, yeah. things are out of, out of order. Yeah. So you caught yourself on this a second ago. You said the term, my finances, yeah. is yeah. a misnomer. Yeah. And you even had us all repeat the word misnomer. <laughs> it's a fun no, word yeah, to say. It's misnomer. So I want to unpack this idea. <laughs> Mr. And misnomer had a yeah, that's right, that's right. name Bill Nomer. Sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I want to unpack this idea. You know, it's not it's not our finances; it's stewardship. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. You do, it, you, was, you, it was great. You can do the pun I can do next, the pun next week. week. Yeah, 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 all right. Yeah, 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 not gonna absolutely. Uh, so, I want to unpack this idea of stewardship, and I want to talk about. So, is stewardship in our lives? Is it just over our finances, or does it extend to other areas of our lives as well? Mm. That's the question, Chad. Yeah. I know we're going to talk about this today. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I don't even know how long we've been going, but we might have just started part two of this podcast. Absolutely. I think the biggest shift you can make when you practically think through, what does it mean that I've been born again? What does it mean that I'm in Christ? What does all of that mean? Hmm. Well, there's probably more than one answer to that, but for the purposes of this discussion, the biggest place to start is all of your life now is a stewardship. 
Everything about your life is a stewardship. Your life itself is a stewardship because you've been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Your life costs something. Hmm. It costs God his only son. Yeah. Think about that. You have value. The reason why your life matters isn't because of some self-esteem course you watched on YouTube. The reason why your life matters is because Jesus said you're worth it. I'll go to the cross for you. I will purchase salvation for you. God said, I've created you in my image, and I'm not going to let this sin keep me from loving you to the extent that I'll sacrifice my only son for you. So now that that's occurred, remarkable. Your home is in heaven. I mean, I can't wait to get there. That's our home. We get to be with Jesus for all of eternity. So the fact that he's left us here, that is is now a stewardship. That's why I talked about time a few weeks ago. How you steward your time is how you steward your life. Mm. Everything about your life is a stewardship. Your life was purchased. It doesn't belong to you anymore. Jesus saved you. He's now the Lord of your life. Carrie Underwood had it right. Jesus, take the wheel. This is all <laughs> you, okay? So I am now along for the ride. Yeah. Lord, what do you want me to do with the gifts you've given me? What do you want to do with the talents you've entrusted me with? What do you want to do with this life? What My life is for you. This isn't about the job I have or the career I have or the title I have or where I live. It's how do you want to use my life? That's the question. My life has a purpose. And the moment that purpose aligns with God's purposes, my life is now going to count. Okay. All of life is a stewardship that then carries over into all of my relationships. None of the people in my life belong to me. I'm not the owner of anybody. Right. Okay. My marriage is a stewardship. My children are a stewardship. I shouldn't even call them my children. They're God's children. Okay, so so Morgan was my sister in Christ before she became my wife. She will be my sister in Christ for all of eternity. For a set period of time, God is allowing me to serve her as her husband. What an honor. What a blessing. What a privilege. And it's a stewardship. And what God is evaluating me on is how are you stewarding this amazing relationship that I've given you with this incredible child of mine? She doesn't belong to you, Adam. She belongs to me. That's one of my children. And it's a stewardship for how you steward this relationship with her for whatever set of time he allows. Okay. For, you know, till death do us part is what we told each other when we right. got married. Same thing with Sam, Jacob, and Henry. I mean, Sam, Jacob, and Henry don't belong to me. They are not my children. They belong to God. And in his grace and his sovereignty and his providence and his infinite wisdom, he is allowing me to serve them as their father for whatever amount of time he sees fit. I hope it's for a very, very long time. I hope we grow old together. Right. We talk about that sometimes. I'm like, hey, y'all know when I'm in my 80s, y'all be in your 60s, we could all sit like on the same rocking porch and they just walk out of the kitchen. So, you know, I hope it's for a very, very long time. Okay. So it's not about in me controlling my kids, me getting my kids to behave. Me getting my kids to do what I want them to do, getting my kids to play the sport I like, getting my kids to cheer for the teams I like, that's all goofy. It's about me serving them as their dad. And right. they've only got one dad. The older they get, I really would prefer to just be their friend because they're kind of fun to hang out with. Right, you know? right, yeah. Meh, yeah. Some days. So, <laughs> but no, being a dad means I got to do the hard things. Yeah, okay? that's right. So yes, everything about our life is a stewardship. The house that I live in, Chad, it's not my house. It's God's house. When we moved in that house, we held our hands together as a family. We prayed in the living room, and we dedicated that house to the Lord. And we said, Lord, you're blessing us by letting us live here for however long you see fit. And we're just going to say right now from day one, this isn't our house. This is your house. You use this house for the purposes you have in store for this house. We want to cooperate with those purposes. Hmm. We pray that over our vehicles. We pray everything about our life. And I work really hard at this, and I don't always get it right, to try to help our family and our kids understand 
this principle of stewardship. We don't own this. This right. is God's. Right. And he's only entrusting it with us so that we can allow it to be a blessing to others. And then guess who benefits in that? We do. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So all of life is stewardship, yeah. and it's not just money. It's everything about our lives. That's incredible, the yeah. system that God set up with that. Yeah. You know, yeah. That that at the end of all of it, like, we get blessed, like what you're talking yeah. about. That's so good. Yeah. Well, I loved what you said about why we why we why why would we trust God with our eternity but not our finances? Um, why do you think that we get so caught up on, like, holding on to our money but then trusting God with everything else? So I kind of think that's a little bit of a misnomer. (laughs) Um, Oh, boy. I don't know if I should say this out loud. If you can keep living that way, let's go back to week one. Are you born again? Mm. Are you born again? Not did you walk an aisle at camp. Not did you sign a card. Mm -hmm. Not that your grandmama came up and hugged you at the end of a service because you walked an aisle. Right. Are you born again. Mm -hmm. Because if you're born again at a heart level Mm -hmm. and you have a new identity in Christ and you can go perpetually throughout the rest of your life living that way, Mm -hmm. hmm, interesting. Right. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. There's just a lot of biblical evidence that for a life that's been changed, it's going to show up in a lot of areas. Yeah. So if someone tells me, I really trust God in all these other areas of my life, except for my money, yeah. um, I could see how that is part of the maturing process of being a follower of Jesus. Sure. And then you get to a certain point, and it's like a kid that gets to a certain point, and, mm-hmm. and it's like... You know, hey, dude, like mom's got to stop feeding you, you know, at mealtime. You're, you're, yeah. you're eight, yeah. you know, so that you, you got to grow <laughs> up. So I could, so, but, but what I'm saying is if that's been decades of your life. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. If that's the season you're in right now yeah. and you're kind of a babe in Christ, there's a little growing up that needs to happen. Yeah. yeah. We've all been there. That's right. what we do for each other. We lovingly help each other along, yeah. encourage each right. other. Hey, you got to let that go. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, I know, man. It's hard. Yeah. 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 But, but, yeah. But, but there's a willingness there. You're telling me there's no willingness? <laughs> I'm just saying there might be might some, some other, other things conflict. we need to yeah. look at. Right. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. And I hope everybody hears my heart when I say that. Yeah. yeah. Probably, probably yeah. won't, but I hope they do. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, as, as we're kind of landing the plane on this conversation, you know, I know that there's someone out there that's listening to us right now. You know, we've talked about inflation. We've talked about the cost of things, gas budgets going yeah. up and all that kind of stuff. There, there's someone listening to this, maybe multiple someones, who would love to tithe, would love to be a cheerful giver, but they're going, I am so underwater with my finances. Maybe yeah. they're dealing with debt. Maybe they're just going, man, I am just trying to provide food and get my kids to school and get all these things done because yeah. that's the reality for a lot of folks. Yeah. So what would you say to someone who says, I just don't know that I can afford to tithe? You need to email Hardy Sellers and say, I, just put in the subject line, I need help. If that's where you're at, you're not going to come up with a plan on your own. Hmm. You need help. That's okay. You need help. You need someone, a good Christian financial counselor to sit down with you and get all up in the numbers and get all up in the details and help you come up with a new course. I mean, mm-hmm. Chad, I just told everybody on last week's podcast, this is what you need to do if your marriage is in a tough spot. Right. I need help. Yeah. Morgan and I did it years ago in our marriage, and our marriage still benefits from that. Hmm. You see, we sat down with a good Christian marriage counselor who helped us chart a new course. We just have this fascination in our society with ourselves. 
Hmm. We all think we can figure everything out on our own. The moment you realize that's a big lie, boy, your life's going to get better. The moment you realize, no, I need help. I need somebody outside of my brain to speak into this. So if that's where you're at, take a deep breath. The way to move from stress to blessed is get some help from someone else. Yeah. As long yeah. as you keep trying to solve this on your own, it's going to continue to create more stress and more anxiety, and you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if that's how you feel, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's okay to feel that way. But do something with that feeling. Let that feeling serve you well. Just reach out. Again, email Hardy. Email one of us. Hey, I need, I could use some help. We can get you connected with a good Christian right, financial right. counselor or, or even somebody who may not be licensed as a counselor, but they've taught workshops at our church yeah. and they love Jesus. They've led life groups. They yeah, love right. Jesus. They can help you figure out a new way. Yeah. And I think it's important, you know, if, if that's you, if that's you're listening to this, you're not alone. Like, right. do not feel like you're the only one in this yeah, boat. There are others. Yeah. Because I know so many folks, so much of the time, they don't ask for help because they go either, you know, they don't want to help me or maybe well, no one else is dealing. Yeah. They yeah. maybe feel a little bit ashamed, but like, don't. So I love yeah. what you said there. Like, we are here to help. You know, we know folks that are here to help. And I think that's so good. Mm-hmm. One of Satan's great greatest strategies is to convince you that you're unique. Hmm. It's like the poster of a bunch of snowflakes. (laughs) Never forget you're unique, (laughs) just like everybody else. Okay, So if if Satan can convince you you're unique, your problem is unique, nobody understands, you won't ask for help. So it's not... It, it, it's a common challenge. You're not alone, yeah. but you can get help. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Well, gentlemen, this has been a fantastic conversation. Yeah. And I, you know, again, I, I love the fact that we can uh, talk about these things, talk openly. Adam, thank you for sharing so yeah, much uh, of your personal life with this. And, and I yeah. know that a lot of folks that are listening in, viewing this, uh, are going to be blessed by that. I hope so. so. That's yeah, the so hope So thank you for that. doing that. Yeah. So we will be continuing the series uh, this Sunday morning from Stress to Bless, 930 to 11 a.m. I know some folks may be traveling for Columbus Day weekend. If that's you, you can always watch online, vaughnforest.com our Facebook page, uh, our YouTube channel. And, uh, but, but join us on campus. If you're here in town, it's going to be a great weekend, and we're looking forward to that. So thank you for joining us today. On behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, Sound Guy Jonathan, and myself, we appreciate you being here, and we will catch you next time.